श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी महामोत्सवती की जय ओम भक्त वृंद की जय ओम प्रेम नंदे सो गैदर अगेन टुगेदर फॉर मोर डिस्कशन विथ रिगार्ड टू द सिग्निफिकेंस ऑफ द जन्माष्टमी वी बीन स्पीकिंग फॉर गैदरिंग फॉर मोर देन अ वीक मॉर्निंग एंड इवनिंग्स and in conjunction with speaking about the significance of the janmashtami or the janma the birth ashtami means eighth so it's the eighth day of the waxing moon the full moon appeared the purnima on saturday <coughs> this was a joyous occasion in which we commemorated the appearance of ram <coughs> and Krishna technical difficulties and um <clears throat> Krishna's appearance follows Ram's then so it's the eighth day of the waxing moon <clears throat> janmashtami so in conjunction with speaking about janmashtami we are in we'll be speaking about mantra diksha and nam mohima the uh, transmission of the mantra called diksha or initiation it's it's a it's a uh, illumination if you will and nam mohima means to some glorification of the name name nam and mantra and mantra consists of name also but arranged in a particular way that has a specific uh, power and that power is the power to reveal a particular relationship with krishna who is non different from his name so it's very important mantra diksha and nam so some devotees will receive the blessing for chanting the uh, name of krishna under good guidance in a systematic way and so forth and some other students who have received the name previously they and such blessing they will come for mantra diksha to receive the mantra and this fits well actually with the occasion of janmashtami which in many respects the birth of krishna is of course there's a day for that we're commemorating that day but it is it is the, also the day that krishna comes into our life and the day that krishna comes into our life in a formal way by through through connection with the guru parampara or the lineage the, the succession of of teachers in um coming from chaitanya mahaprabhu so this is a kind of a birthday we say om agyana timirandasya janan gyananjana salakaya 
ಚಕ್ಷುರುಮಿಳಿತಂ ಯೇನ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಅಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಂದಸ್ಯಾಂಜನ ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನ ಸೋ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಬೋರ್ನ್ ಯುರ್ ಐಸ್ ಆರ್ ಓಪನ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅನ್ ಐ ಓಪನಿಂಗ್ ಇವೆಂಟ್ಸ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ದಿವ್ಯ ದಿವ್ಯ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಡಿವೈನ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ this pranams pranam to guru omagyanatimrandasya i was born it said in the darkness of ignorance but my eyes were pried open it means something like that forced open with the uh, uh, with the torch of like a blow torch <laughs> of knowledge if you will um that i might see my 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 way <clears throat> to uh, to krishna so uh this is uh a kind of a, a janmashtami in and of itself the day that krishna comes into our life and the uh the birth appearance of krishna is therefore on the context of the leela the story leela of course is a bit more than a story um but um it is the it is really the antithesis in a sense of karma which is another type of influence that uh, causes us to move when we take from the environment as we must really as much as we are identified with the uh, environment our bodily and mental psychological sense of self is a composite of the basic material ingredients from the objective side of the world matter <clears throat> and that co- particular composite is then uh, both uh physical and psychic is a uh, karmic composite and uh and so i identified with that it's a res- it is a result of taking from the environment for which there's re- there's a particular reaction that's that composite the kind of printout if you will computer printout of our present uh, set of circumstances dispositions and and uh preoccupations and so forth configuration and all uh it is uh one side of course we are the subjective that's the objective we are the subjective element in the composite of our present life consciousness entangled in karma consciousness invested in itself in the objective world and in a particular way and there's a result that accrues from that mm-hmm. so there's movement then as a result of that identification under the force or the influence of karma so we and the karma has of course no beginning anadi karma phale pavanar navachale so to come out from that ocean of karmic influence this is the, the one half of what we are trying to accomplish in spiritual life it's a big first half 
Um, and so, previous to that, we are moving entirely under the influence of that karma. Leela speaks about the other half and the ideal, and it's an also, also a kind of movement. So on the one hand, we have a movement under the influence of karma, which I like to say is a movement out of necessity. They say, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Something like that. To give a mathematical example, it's like being in negative numbers. To give a economic example, it's like borrowing money during the housing bubble. <laughs> something like that. Um, and so it looks like you have something. Or in any situation, really, when we borrow um, from the bank, it looks like we just got a bunch of money, but we really got a bunch of debt. We, we owe what we borrowed plus interest. You ever read those mortgage, <laughs> you know, what do they call them? Contracts. Contracts, they have a name for that. Uh, need is another thing, but it's a, st- a statement of the... Yeah, schedule and uh, some kind of trust thing, it says. Not a de- well, anyway, yeah, okay. It's <laughs> too many papers on those mortgages. <laughs> That's why you need a shredder for those, for those things. The right to live on a particular property rights, anyway. So, anyway, so... There, you know, it says, you know, this is what you owe, and then this is what you will pay after, whatever, 30 years. It's quite a bit larger than the amount that you borrowed. So, so this is uh, negative numbers. Then, as I like to say, to come from there to zero, that would be to, re- to come out from under the influence of the karmic law, if you will. So that's positive. That's a positive zero in comparison to negative numbers. But Leela speaks about positive numbers from there. So that's another kind of movement. In the zero, there's no movement. So there are movements. So there are spiritual disciplines that will take us from negative numbers to zero, and we can rest there. Shanti, shanti, shanti. The karma is cleared, and there's nothing to do. Hmm? Um, we are very busy on the under the force, the influence of our karma. So if we retire that, then what's left to do? To, uh, just to be, just to exist. Hmm? Um, it's kind of like uh, loving to exist. Some people love to exist, and then some people exist to love. There's a big difference. So in Vaishnavism... Hmm? This is a doctrine of love as opposed to a doctrine of knowledge. Knowledge, ignorance is the problem in one sense. And so to uproot that avidya, ignorance, we need the ingress of of knowledge, of wisdom. Hmm? Ignorance is that I've identified with something other than what I am. I, I, we, consciousness animates the world and then that animation is a kind of uh, is is attractive in a sense. It attracts our attention. Let us say, we animate matter, and its coming to life uh, attracts us. And we then 
identify with the, the result of our turning the, the, the show on, so to speak. Hmm? You can ma- imagine, matter is still, the, the, it's const- said to be constituted of three modes, modus operandus, threefold. Hmm? Sattva, rajas, tamas. Hmm? Clarity, um, movement, uh, inertia, mind stuff, um, Again, yeah, movement, inertia, something like that. Hmm? So it's all still, and then consciousness touches that, and uh, so many ripples, and the world starts. We lend ourselves to matter, matter takes on a life, and then our identification with it kind of takes away our life or the sense that we are the life, we are the animation. Hmm? animating force. Like I said before, if, you know, it requires a, a viewer to turn on the television, but then the television may take over your life. Also, you may need, need somebody to come and say, come on, you've got a life. You're turning into a, you know, a couch potato. Come, come away from the screen. There's, there's something more to do. So we've kind of plugged in on this way, is the idea. So to... Uh, move away from that and to uh, is to come to that kind of zero if you will uh, that's to th- our existence in this plane of karma is a fearful existence fear is what pervades material existence more than any other uh, influence we've we've turned on the world hmm? It's a dream that's turned into a nightmare, so to speak. It's fearful. Why is it fearful? You may think that it's, you know, people put those stickers on, no fear and whatnot. And people like Scott have no fear for surfing (laughs) in the ocean on a cold day like today in Northern California. So, was it good? It was good. Okay, depends who you talk to, right? <laughs> so, why is it fearful? What is he talking about? The idea is that we have an identity, as I said yesterday, that's very much uh, based on our desires. Our sense of I is informed by our sense of my. So through the senses, if you will, we we go out and touch and taste and see and hear and smell the world and we get certain impulses from that that the mind makes determinations about I like this, I don't like that, good, bad, happy, sad and so an identity is formed your identity is what you like, what you don't like, what you think is hot, what you think is cold, what you think is good or bad this is um, how in in a general sense our particular identity psychically is uh, is formed hmm? sense of self. The problem with that I, obviously, is that it's uh, it's not one that um, it's in danger of existing because the why of that is because nothing really is mine. Hmm? So nothing belongs to us, but we have an identity based on a sense of proprietorship and ownership. Hmm? We have desires, in other words. 
I've identified with this, or I think I'm Calif- the state, I'm Californian, or I'm American, or I'm Indian, or male or female, or black or white, and, and uh, all of this sense of identity. I'm a particular type of Californian, Northern Californian, and have certain sensibilities and so forth. This is all, uh, a, this I is all a product of our desires hmm? and our identification with matter. And so our my, hmm? a thing becomes important to us because we enter into it, in other words. My house is more important than your house because of my. And my means the power of consciousness to extend itself into a material, into a thing, hmm? and animate it. And I've identified with the thing, but I've lost sight of the fact that it's me that what makes it interesting. Hmm? Because it's mine. If my car gets a flat tire, it's a problem. Hmm? If it's my friend that gets a flat tire by extension, well, also it's a problem. But if it's somebody else's, it's not newsworthy. Hmm? So the my, or the extent to which I've extended myself into something material, is the is the extent to which a material thing takes on value and importance to me and informs my sense of identity. So this sense of identity, because nothing is ours, as time tells us, is a problematic identity that can't be maintained. And so there's some underlying, that's a reality, and we can talk about it, and it's very, this isn't any big, something to believe in here. This isn't some kind of religious dogma that we have to believe in. Like I like to say, the Bhagavad Gita is not really about believing, it's about the nature of being. Philosophically, there's some theology where Krishna says, I'm God, and you have to believe that. Well, you see, if you embrace the idea of being, the analysis of being there that's described, uh, then uh, from the person who described it, who explained it so profoundly, then to believe from there in him. Well, we're already doing that, you understand? There may be things about him that we cannot perceive, like the lila. Hmm? But what he has said is the underlying nature of the being in this world. Hmm? A being that, a sense of being, a sense of identity that's threatened, that's uh, under attack, so to speak. It, it appears like we may not, we may not exist at some point. So there's a struggle. Hmm? So these are, this is kind of common sense, but that's not so common. So a book like the Gita is very, very useful. And um, so in this way, I mean to say that material existence is pervaded by a kind of fear, knowingly or unknowingly. We are really struggling to maintain a sense of I based on on our sense of my, when in reality nothing belongs to us, so that I cannot be maintained. So problem. Hmm? And we're moving, you know, for the sake of maintaining that sense of I. So this is the karmic movement. The other side is Leela. So that there's a difference between karma and Leela. Both are movements. Hmm? Leela is a theory to us, in a sense. Um, but we have practical experience of the concept of Leela also. And Leela means play, and of course it means divine play. Hmm? 
And we know that we play as much as we kind of have, have paid. Hmm? In other words, if you, if you have power, you can play. So if you pay, you can go on a vacation. The, the power to pay. And you've worked to acquire that power to pay. You've got money in the bank, so, uh, so you can play. So play, playing is a, is a powerful position. It's, it, the idea is it's not a movement out of debt, out of emptiness, hmm? that I have a debt and so I'm, I, I'm moving to pay that. It's a movement out of, from a power position, from an interest position, if you will. Uh, this is, I'm just giving a material uh, example to help us understand the concept of Leela. Even when we move in this world, it's all under karma, but relatively speaking, if we look at it, our movement, when we play, when we vacation, hmm, and we're not kind of incurring a debt, but we're, we are, but I'm, I'm just giving an example. We're spending from the power base that we have you know, acquired. Hmm? So Leela is a movement that's not out of necessity. It's not out of an emptiness that we feel, out of a debt. Hmm? Or the negative numbers, as I've given as as an example. Hmm? So some teachings, some schools of thought, uh, well and good as they are, seek to bring us from negative numbers to zero. That's a positive zero, then. Hmm? But in zero, the debt has been paid. Hmm? And so ah. We can rest. But when will the vacation begin? That is the idea. <laughs> this is the idea of Leela. Then when will the play begin? Hmm? Movement not out of emptiness, but movement out of fullness. That's a different kind of movement. We can move out of a need because we, we feel lacking and we try to add on to our lives to make it more meaningful. Spiritual life, then, in its basic sense, in its practices, is to, is to move in a way as to let go of the things that we've acquired and added on in pursuit of making our lives more full and meaningful by understanding they're not making it more meaningful. They're just taking us into lower and lower negative karmic numbers. Hmm? So when that movement is finished of, of spiritual practice that, 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 that remedies the debt then, again, there's that uh, relief. Hmm? That is a kind of being, then, hmm? that's worth loving. I would love to be in such a way that there's no fear that pervades my sense of existence. So loving to be, as some schools teach about that, there's some ananda, in other words, in Brahman. Hmm? It's the loving, Nanda means love, hmm? ecstasy, hmm? joy, anandam. God is sat, chit, anandam. God exists, God knows, God loves. There's an existing moment, a knowing moment, a loving aspect to the Godhead. Hmm? So those who, whose spiritual path culminates in taking us from negative numbers to 
the secure position of zero, no fear. They love to be. Hmm? And they know only to exist. Hmm? The, the, the sum and substance of the knowledge there is, is the removal of the ignorance. Hmm? Now, in contrast, in Vaishnavism, we have, rather than loving to, to exist, existing to love. It's a different idea. Existence is there, still. Hmm? A meaningful existence, more than a... After all, what is a contentless less experience? A contentless existence. It's... You can't say much about it, (laughs) is the point. That's why the Vaishnavas are always speaking in comparison to the monists whose, whose idea is that ikshute or nashabdat, that's a nice aphorism from the sutras. It says it's, that one sense is that Brahman is beyond speech, so what can we say? It's beyond thought. But the Vaishnavas take it another way. In other words, ikshute or nashabdat, they say, there's the nature of Brahman is that there's not enough that we could say about Brahman. In other words, words don't do justice, so that we're always talking about that. Hmm? And that talking is about the Leela, hmm? about and, and, and directly and indirectly, what underlies the Leela, the philosophical premise, the math, if you will, that underlies the art of the Leela. Hmm? That's the Vedanta. And Bhakti then means the devotion, the lila, the love. So these together. Hmm? It is not a school of Vedanta, but a school of Bhakti Vedanta. Hmm? So we're talking about existing for the purpose of loving rather than loving to exist. That implies then that in the nature, in transcendence, if we go a little further than zero into positive numbers, there is again movement and there is again variety. Here there is variety based on sense perception. As I said, you're good, maybe my bad. You're hot, maybe my cold. Which is it, hot or cold? These perceptions are derived from the mind and senses. They don't really give us a clear picture of the nature of being. So to transcend that duality, come to zero, and from there go into positive numbers. But again, a variety comes. Well, your cold may be my hot, and therefore we may be at odds with one another. Hmm? That's another reason why material existence is fearful. Because whatever we determine, hmm, somebody else is going to determine the opposite. And so we have naturally enemies, friends and enemies. Hmm? So to go beyond this is the idea of Vaishnavism in a full sense of the term, and find only friends, <laughs> a world of uh, only friends, something like that. This is This is Vrindavan, the basis is Pranay. It begins with Sakyam. This is Brahma's statement. It develops in intensity and intimacy, obviously from there. Friendly place. In other words, pranaya means, pranaya means 
It's the basis of friendship. It's a kind of the way in which we identify with a friend such that we feel comfortable, some equality. So it's a unique kind of equality that we're talking about here with, with Brahman, with the Absolute. Like I've given an example, if we're in the public and we and somebody bumps into us or we bump into somebody, we say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. And we like maybe brush off the cooties or something. You know, like, Yuck, I touched that person, that person touched me. But when we have a friend, then if a friend comes and slaps us on the back, we, who, then we look, oh, it's you. That's, then it's not a problem. Hmm? Or we find this in Krishna Leela, that Krishna, Krishna's friends will put their feet on Krishna. We think, oh my God, they put their feet on God. Their feet that touch the ground, they're dirty. They're putting that on God. Hmm? They have no sense of difference. Hmm? In this dynamic sense I'm speaking about, between themselves and God. Hmm? This is the early beginning of Vrindavan Leela hmm? and develops accordingly there relative to your own um, spiritual destiny hmm? and intimacy. And we have this destiny, destiny for Krishna Leela. That's why we've gathered here under the banner of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, divine dispensation. Hmm? So to move from karma uh, to Leela, and there is all friendly. Hmm? Everybody, there's difference, but everybody agrees. Hmm? Everybody loves Krishna more than anybody else. Hmm? In other words, there are, there, are, there are friends there, there are parents there, there are children there, also all in spiritual, Chidananda Moy, but, uh, but they all love Krishna more. Than, the wife loves Krishna more than the husband, but the husband loves Krishna more than the wife. No problem. Hmm? You both agree in what you love the most. Hmm? So you have your differences, and those differences only augment hmm? the, the dominant love that you, that you both have in common. Hmm? So there's a kind of variety there, you see, but it doesn't get in the way of unity. And we sense that spiritual life must be about unity with all the discord that we experience in the world. So we may push in the direction of unity, but we equally push in pursuit of diversity, don't we? We do want to distinguish ourselves at the same time. Hmm? And unity, if you take a musical example, in harmony is many notes compared to just one note. We could have unity by just one note, but that would be kind of monotonous. <laughs> so to make it exciting, alive, this is... Uh, Brahman dancing, that is Krishna, that is Leela, so full that a movement takes place, a vacation kind of movement, a celebratory movement, in other words. Sometimes you, feel you are so full that you just have to dance. It's not out of any lacking, but out of, out of a fullness. So there's a dynamism, if you will, within the static reality of spiritual life. Static reality means we become still. We're no longer moving in relation to the, to the moving you know, musical chairs of material existence. Got to move quick. The chairs are being changed. And if you don't get in one quick enough, you're out of the game. Of course, you come back again. So the, the, whole, the whole scenery is moving. The whole terrain is like, no wonder where there's a kind of edge 
to our life, a fearful, some fearfulness, some anxiety. The ground is moving. We can't get our feet on the ground. The rug is constantly being pulled out from under your feet in one form or another. So to come to the ground of being, to stand on that, on what you are, consciousness, that's, that's a, a be, a be, an existence, a kind of being worth loving. I could love that compared to my present existence where it's, there's so much turmoil and, and, and uh, even by material standards, the examples are given throughout the text, if I could become the Brahma, for, you know, still the rug will be pulled out from under my feet. Hmm? Problem. In other words, your point being here with regard to the Brahma, however much you could acquire to try to like get some security. Brahma is the personification of this Rajagun. Rajagun is the is the mode of nature that under the influence of which we try to find security. We try to move up the corporate ladder. We try to be somebody, to get establish ourselves and so forth. So Brahma is the personification of that. <laughs> and it's a temporary position. Hmm? You, couldn't get, you couldn't get higher up on the ladder materially. Hmm? But you could be fired from there as well. It's possible. So... <laughs> So they are, this is, this, these examples are there to, to, to emphasize to us hmm, that uh, this is what to speak of our position and what, what, what power do we have to acquire. Hmm? So, so, so we do. So what do we do? We do sharanagati. We come under the influence of, of Krishna. We we, we do sarvadharma and put it jamamekam sharanam braja. This is the beginning of bhakti. Then we our faith develops such that we have no faith in our prospects in material life hmm? in terms of making it the perfect uh, situation, that, that we could become perfectly happy by that. So another alternative, and this alternative, alternative comes through the sacred texts, comes through the sadhus and the succession of teachers, and so that opportunity, that channel comes to us. So we come under that direction, we hear all these things from there, and they, they more or less say to us, what we know, I mean, we come here out of some curiosity, out of some sense that of what I'm talking about. It's not working, right? When's your birthday? Trevor? Yesterday. yesterday. Happy birthday. So you're here for your birthday. But also because here I hear thinking I'm so many years old and it's not working exactly right. My life is, uh, there's something, there's something more, there's a more. This is the human sensibility from, from birth. There's more. Even if we think our life is working well and we've got everything in place, we accomplished our goals that we can come up with in our head, still, there's more. Hmm? There's something more. This more is ourselves. We are the more. Hmm? That's the secret. We are the more, the more than what meets the eye. Hmm? We, but we pursue that more that we are in ignorance of what we are and by trying to improve the situation materially, to acquire more, to change my relationship, find another one, get rid of one, uh, so on and so forth. Hmm? So, 
Oh, it's problemsome, a problem, a problematic material existence. Right? And we have a sense of that. That's why we come and come to a place like this. We have a sense, this is again not some dogma, we have a sense that there's more to life, it's not quite working. So as this sense develops in us further, we come to a kind of a material exhaustion. I've tried it in so many ways. And we have, through so many species of life we've passed, in so many ways we've tried to move the basic building blocks of material existence around. We decide it's not working. So we have a teachable, we've come to a teachable moment. And at that time, the teacher comes. Sukadev, imagine the examples there in the Bhagavad Raj Parikshit, he was the emperor, he had everything. Emperor of India. India was bigger in those days. Imagine, he had everything. But he had to die. <laughs> so, in seven days, he found out. He got a curse that he had to die in seven days. So, this created a teachable moment in him, if you will. And this is not a, a, something that's relative to him. The idea is, we're all going to die in seven days. Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In one of those days, the whole thing, however well we've fortified our sense of existence, so it's going to end. Hmm? It's not, well, there's some story and it happened to a king, and you know, we have to <laughs> apply this. And so a teachable moment was created when he, when he, when he reflected on in the nature of uh, impermanence uh, with regard to material existence even a king's existence. And as he became concerned for that, then the teacher appeared, Sukadeva appeared on the scene, Bhagavatam was spoken and so forth. So, so to go from that side, material side, to that kind of movement under debt to, this, to Leela, hmm? this requires some good uh, guidance. We're talking about this in the context of Krishna Leela. I said that the Diksha, the initiation and so forth has a very nice parallel with the Leela. The Leela is spoken of, it's a story. Hmm? But as I've explained here, it's more than a story. It's our prospect in life. It's, it's a story that you need to write. Hmm? You need to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. That means to hear it really under good guidance and the Gita. Hmm? Do you get to the point where you can actually write the 18,001st verse? It's 18,000 verses, Bhagavatam. You have to write the next one. Hmm? And your name is on that. You, this is the idea. These teachings are there to help us, um, to, 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 to give us all we need then to enter into the Leela. So it's more than a story. Hmm? It's the story of our our prospect in life. And it's given in an outline form in the sacred texts. It's the story of the life of, of God, the Leela, who's in the full sense of the term, God is all-powerful and therefore only playing. As I said, you have to have power to play. So Krishna is depicted amongst so many gods and goddesses in the Hindu pantheon, or if you look cross-culturally, Buddha's not really so much cross-culturally, but he, he did head outward <laughs> further east, his teaching from India, and it's populated 
Asia, China, Japan, and so on and so forth. There, uh, or Christ on the other side, he's not, he's only, he's in the, he's in the Near East. I guess he's in the Near East, right? It means Middle East, Middle East, sorry, Middle East. It means it's closer to the West. You have India in the center. They have Buddhism going out on the other side, out of India, and then you have Christianity, who's the Middle East. It means it's closer to the to the East, I should say, closer to the East, right? So this is the home. Asia is the home of, of of India, Bharata, in an extended sense. It did extend at one time into Persia and so forth, also into Bhutan and uh, Thailand and so forth. This is all the the, the, the Raj Pariksit was all in charge of this whole area. All the theistic ideas coming out of there and then going from there further. Hmm? Uh, so, if you go, anyway, as I say, even cross-culturally, then we look at the, the, the God image there, for example, in the Christ or the or the Buddha for, or the Muhammad or uh, what is his name? Is Islam. Hmm? Islam's Allah and so on. We look uh, comparatively and so forth, we see, oh, in, uh, we see they're depicted in different ways by the different traditions. And amongst them, Krishna is depicted just as playing only. Hmm? So the implication is here, this is the idea. God plays ultimately. God has life. The, the reality is alive. It's not a dead thing. We have a life, as I said. And reality has a life. Reality is a person. I mentioned the other day. That's not a hard concept to, to, to grasp if we think about it like this. I'm a person. We're all persons. And we basically move through the world implicitly or explicitly as if the world is ours. And everything is there for our purpose. And I am the center. And as the center... I'm a person. Yes, I'm a person by way of a composite of things, subtle and gross, as I said. I mean, remove those. Does that mean that my personhood disappears? Hmm? If I remove them, who's the I that removes them? Hmm? Who's the I that's to witness and separate itself from that? There is an identity. If we break down the material identity, that's so powerful we may think there is no self. (sighs) But somebody's active there in the sadhana to make that happen. There is a self, and it will surface in the realm of consciousness. And and if it's fortunate through a good 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 lineage, a lineage that has that possibility within, and then the chance to enter into the to the lila. And there, so lila moi, he's only playing. Hmm? Hmm. All-powerful. So the Leela is the story. So the, the point I'm making is that reality is a person. It's kind of an extension of what I'm speaking about, the, 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 like the Gaia principle. The world is an organ, the earth is an organism. It's alive. Reality is a person. It's just not me. <laughs> I'm part of that person. Hmm? And what is he doing? He's only playing. Hmm? <laughs> This world of Leela, you see, this is what Plato talked about. And he wasn't that far west from east either. Hmm? Plato, 
Socrates, these are the you know, Pythagoras with math and so forth, got the number zero from just a little further east from India. Einstein said, if it weren't for the Indians, then we wouldn't do, have any science because we got zero from them. Without zero, we couldn't make any calculation. This isn't, of course, a glorification of India here that we're involved in. <laughs> but Krishna happened to appear in India and as the mother of religion. And it's, uh, it's, it's a rich place uh, theologically, spiritually. And the Western philosophy is moving from, from, from the Greeks. And so what's so I give reference to Plato. He said, there's a world of, of forms he said, it's, a, it's an invisible world of mathematical principles and truths. It's invisible. It's not physical. You can't, you can't see it, he said. And that world is the real world, was his idea. Right? And, and this, the world of humanness or hoarseness or, or you know, cowness and so forth. And everything here was just a reflection of that, a shadow of that. Isn't that what he said? Hmm? A shadow of that. So we're thinking this is the real world and the, in our, what we, our absorption is, is in the objective component of material life. It has a subjective and objective component. The subject, objective component is matter. The subjective component is the consciousness that, that reposes itself in matter and as I said earlier animates it and so forth so the world of things then hmm, rather than the world of essences to, to be platonic about it hmm. this is the old this is of course the old world view that things are not the best things in life essence and consciousness and then we, we've moved away from that in modern society hmm. Because we've understood something about some forces about the objective world, hmm? electromagnetic force, gravitational force, and and we've examined the objective world. We've we've harnessed it to some extent. We've found truths about how it works, and then we put that in the hand of our technicians. Then they move the, the those forces in such a way as to produce things, hmm? which the, increases our prospect. That we have, if we get enough things or the right things, hmm, we'll be perfect. Then we start thinking we are things. We are only things. Hmm? Consciousness starts to, we start to think that consciousness is matter. Hmm? Uh, so this is, this is going in a very different direction. There's a lot of good thinking about that. Well, reason in some respect, but it's, it's, it's basically flawed. Because the thinking, the consciousness is required to come up with such a proposal and to pursue it. It's foundational. According to the Vedanta, it's, it's, it's causal. It's more important. The essence is more important than the, than, the, than the shadow, the thing. So we, as an element of uh, a unit of, of consciousness, have a par- the possibility of participating in the world of essences. We are the essence. And that world, really, what are the, therefore, what do the Goswamis do? Our Acharyas, great Gaudiya Vedantins, what did they say are the powerful forces of the world? Did they say electromagnetic uh, forces, gravitational pull, 
they had a perusal, kind of casual glance at matter. They talked about it in a poetic way and a little bit systematically how it works, but it's not their preoccupation. Their preoccupation is with consciousness. And so what do they say are the major forces? They said, dasyam, sakyam, batsalya, madurja. These are the primary forces of the world. Let's look at them and analyze them and what prospect we can find in life by putting them in the hands of our technicians, if you will. Our, 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 uh, our uh, teachers, and they will teach about that and such. Bhakti Rasamrita, Sindhu, Rupa Goswami has written. Here's the technician. He took the basic forces. He wrote about that. Hmm? And it's not how you can move these things, some things together so you can get more things. It's how you can, you can move yourself, how you can like ch- ch- turn yourself from ice into water. Hmm? What prospects there are for you. As I said before, ice, well, what can you do with ice? Cool water. What can you do with water? Hmm? In Madhavan, in, in Costa Rica, we make fire out of water. Hmm? By hydro, micro-hydroelectric system. From water we make fire. And, of course, agua's vida, they say. Water is life, right? So, without water you can't live, and, and so on. So, this is the idea. They, they talked about these forces. It means, that, that it means, oh, how do you want to say? It means the nature of, 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 of love. They said, we want to analyze consciousness. Yeah, there's matter and it's like this, but the, you, know, you can think of it like this or like that and we speak about it poetically and there's a vision when the worlds come out, the multiverse comes out and then it, it, it contracts, it carries with it an imprint from the previous expansion, which is karmic, and then it comes back out and that imprint informs the next uh, expansion of the universe and so forth. In kind of a general way, they talked about it a little bit poetically. They used poetry really primarily to speak about their subject, a subject, a language that seeks to extend the nature of things and possibilities. When we speak poetically about the world, then the world takes on the kind of possibilities that we think it should. Like I like to say, the moon had wings and flew across the sky at night. And is that a, a lesser description of the reality, or is that trying to talk about the more, again, the possibilities of matter alone are one thing, the possibilities of consciousness are another. So they they spoke like this about matter in a general sense. Now we come in with a very refined and detailed explanation of how matter is working and so forth. But at the cost of understanding consciousness, they were preoccupied with consciousness. And not 101 consciousness, the difference between matter and consciousness. That's 101. I'm just taking this from negative numbers to zero. They wanted to talk about all the possibilities of consciousness. They wanted to talk about the consciousness of consciousness. This is Srimad Bhagavatam, 
This is Chaitanya Charit Amrita. Srimad Bhagavatam is the story of the life of Krishna. The whole Leela is there, right? The Janma, the birth, and all uh, the birth of the unborn. And Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers, they took the Bhagavatam and they, they, they distilled the essence of that. And that book was called Chaitanya Charitamrita. It means, the Chaitanya means consciousness. So, Amrit, Charit. Amrit means Amrit. Amrit means death. Amrit means immortal. And Amrit also means nectar. So, and Charit means character. So, what is the subject? The, Im the nectarine immortal character of consciousness. They're not just saying there's a difference between consciousness and matter. Hmm? In the material existence we, that cannot be maintained, it's fearful, it's going to, it's, it's temporary. You should, you should forego it, withdraw from it, and be still, your consciousness. You can't say any much more about it. Hmm? They are filled, Bogodius, with talk about it. They want to speak about the consciousness of consciousness. This is, this is love. This is what, this is uh, Krishna Chaitanya. What it means, Krishna Chaitanya, Krishna consciousness. It means Radha's love for Krishna. And that is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is the then talking about the primary force in existence, Madhurya. Love, even in a reflected form, we say that in material existence, right? In other words, someone can analyze the material world scientifically with the big brain and so forth, and and even think that consciousness is matter. Hmm? There's really nobody there. Hmm? There's really no meaning and purpose to life. But all those people will drop their science in a moment, in a heartbeat. <laughs> you understand? Know that, that idea, in a heartbeat, practically speaking, when, you know, when Cupid strikes. Well, I forgot that. <laughs> I'm going over here. Or, that may be, but my kids, you know, Vatsalya, that's important. Hmm? This is the most important thing. Hmm? Are these not the primary forces then? In reality, practical reality? Who cares a big head theoretical reality of what... There's no meaning, there's no... We don't function like that. I don't really... I don't really exist. Yeah? Because I can't demonstrate it objectively in the laboratory that my subjective sense of self is objectively real. Hmm? Do I stop getting up in the morning because of that? And doing all the things that I do? Hmm? I, why I do those things? Because of my subjective experiences that I do exist. I can't prove it objectively. But I don't stop from doing everything that I do. Hmm? That means my subjective experience has more, more power, more influence than, than we would like to think. Hmm? It has more credibility, really, in a sense, in the sense of which I'm speaking, than the objective experience. Hmm? And to, and, to, and to want to objectively demonstrate the existence of God, the Leela, the ourself, and so forth. Of course, this is, this is, this is, this is an impossibility to begin with. Mm. Does that mean it, that means we should give more credibility? We should give credibility to a subjective 
objectivity, this is yoga, to objectively pursue consciousness and try to separate it from matter to see if it really, the theory works, if it really does exist independently of matter. Try to go there. That's what yoga is about. It's the discipline. We withdraw from the world to one extent or another. So that side, this is what the Goswamis were preoccupied with. Leela, the forces of dasya, means uh, servitude, love and servitude, the love between the student and the teacher. Sakyam, friend and friend. Vatsalya, between the the well-wisher and the underling, the parent and the child, and Madhurdya, Shinga, romantic love. The Goswamis, they said, these are the primary forces of life, hmm, of existence. And they wrote about them. This is not just some story, some mythological story, you see. Yes, the Leela is, is a way of talking about that, and there are details, and you'll read here, the details are different, the details are different over there. This is the way in which they seek to speak about these primary forces hmm? and the nature of consciousness, the consciousness of consciousness. And by that, give us some glimpse into our possibility, our prospect. As I began, I said, Leela is our prospect in life. Hmm? Our, our uh, uh, I- ideal. Hmm? It's, the, uh, it's not something to believe in. It's an ideal that we're presently pursuing. Hmm? We're pursuing these forces, these influences, love in other words. We're actively pursuing it. We are only teaching in Bhagwat and through the disciplic succession how to focus oneself so that that can be realized. Hmm? And that focus is to put it on the center. And that center is called Krishna. And that Krishna took birth, as it said, appeared in the world on this day. Now there is some correspondence between this birth, Leela, and the Diksha, initiation. Hmm? We heard early when we began our discussion about John Mastami on the Baladev Purim about the appearance of Ram, first in the womb of um, Devaki, then transferred by Yogamaya and Leela to the womb of Rohini. Hmm? So Ram went into the womb of Devaki. This means Guru is coming and giving bhakti and preparing the place for the appearance of Krishna. This is how to draw some math, if you will, some philosophy from the poetry of the uh, uh, Leela. So, Ram, hmm? he's the uh, Akanda Guru Tattva, so he entered the womb of Devaki, and, and Bhakti is born then. Hmm? With the, as I say, when we, we have some sensibility about these things, and when we come to a certain point, we then the Guru comes into our life and we can identify what's happening. So we want to take advantage of that. Hmm? And if, so we t- now, we, now we're going to tread the path systematically rather than kind of um, in a haphazard way. Systematically. Hmm? This is the purpose of Guru, to help us go systematically in the, in the, in, in the, in the direction of our real 
interest, our prospect in life. Hmm? So he gives us the name, he gives us the mantra. These are t- the, like principal tools, if you will, gifts even, uh, to, uh, and we're supposed to work with those. Hmm? And he guides us, or she guides us, how to, how to do that. And we know from the Leela also that b- before Ram came into the womb of Devaki, that six other children were born and Kamsa killed them. Kamsa is fear. Hmm? Devaki is bhakti. Hmm? Baladev Ram is, is, is a guru and Krishna is Krishna. Hmm? Right? Hmm? So, uh, in our sadhaka life, just like in the Leela, when the Leela manifests in this world, by which we come to know about it, it's recorded. In, in books like the Bhagavad have you know, recorded that. Uh, so, uh, when the Leela comes to this world, we have what is kind of a, a meeting place between eternity and uh, the, the eternal and the temporal, between the material and the spiritual. So, it looks finite. Let's take, for example, the book, the Bhagavad Gita. We say it's a spiritual book. You say, well, it's made out of paper and ink. We could tear it up, we could throw it in the fire. True. But if you read it and you study it properly under good guidance, you find it, 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 it brings you in the direction of eternity. You can experience that you're eternal. This is the beginning. You can actually experience, I'm eternal. That's very profound, isn't it? Hmm? And then, of course, to go within that, what is the nature of return, what can be done, what possibilities lie there, that's the higher side. But so, the, so is the book material? There's another book made out of ink and paper. You can read it. You could tear it up, too. But reading it doesn't take you in the direction of, exp- of this experience. So this is the idea. It's a meeting place between the Leela, the deity, the book, the sacred text, hmm? the guru, the sadhaka, the sadhaka, deha. Hmm? This is initiation. You get a spiritual body. You say, well, looks pretty much the same to me. My wife got initiated. I'm looking her over. How does she change? What's, go- <laughs> what's going on there? Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, Vaishnav deha prakrita kabunai aprakrita bhakter chiranandamai aprakrita deha he said, you should not think that the Vaishnava's body is made out of matter. Hmm? He said, nope. Aprakrita deha bhakter chidanandamoy. The body of a devotee is made out of chidanandamoy. It's full with chidananda. Hmm? Then you think, well, how do I see it? And so, so this is a great uh, mysterious idea. The idea is something like this. We have a fleshy conception of ourselves hmm? and uh, of what I am, and we move kind of away from that, the limitations of that, through spiritual culture and insight and so forth. And this, we are developing faith in another direction. Hmm? then in the, that context, faith gets us in the door, right? Hmm? Then in that, we start to move our fleshy sense of self, and do things for Krishna, and, and so on. Hmm? 
And then what happens is that the, the internal organ, the intellect, starts to become really uh, develop and you understand the meaning behind the things we do, the purpose behind the different rituals and whatever rule might be there and, and the philosophy and thinking deeply about. This is when the faith starts to become thickened. Hmm? This is called nishta. Nishta means the intellect is fully engaged. First we engage our fleshy self, then there's this subtle <laughs> thing called intellect, our psychic dimension. That gets fully engaged. Hmm? It, 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 then that means then, then faith is becoming stronger. And then what happens? We, this stage we have an intellectual, we're kind of in an intellectual body, if you will, spiritually uh, infused and in, informed. Hmm? And then it comes beyond that, the ruchi, it comes to full, it's a faith body. Hmm? It's a fully, you're fully driven only by faith. And faith here means it has this tangible experience of that other side. That every time I chant, there's tangible experience. Every time I'm in touch with the deity, the text, the devotee, there's a tangible experience of myself. So it means uh, when the, this is a progress. He says, Diksha Kali, at the time of Diksha, the devotee gets a spiritual body. It means that he's coming or she's coming on the basis of faith. And, that, and what does Gita say? Shraddhao ayam purushaha, a person is their faith. When this faith becomes, is divine faith. Hmm? And that faith is such that it, it's able to, to distinguish within the body of devotees, sadhusanga, a particular agent hmm? where my prospect lies through his or her example and precept and teaching. And my faith takes me there and I embrace that uh, agent. Hmm? Then, under his or her direction, that faith is cultivated and so forth. As I say, engage the body. Hmm? The mind and internal organ then becomes fully engaged. When we have to sort out, Guru said this, but this is what he meant. Hmm? <laughs> this is the letter of the law. Here is the spirit of the law. And this is how I apply it in a new situation. And new situations are happening at every moment. Hmm? So we cannot remain only in this physical engagement. We have to become the intellectual engagement. Nishta. Hmm? And, and that will be accomplished fully when Ruchi comes. When Ruchi comes, we can feel the text, then we can reason about it and move accordingly and so forth. So gradually we get, you see, the body is, you are, you are a body of faith. That's what you are, a body of faith. Hmm? And that realm of Leela, it is a world of faith. Sridhar Maharaj liked to call it planet of faith. This is a planet of doubt, no doubt. <laughs> we don't have to doubt that. So to clear the doubt hmm, means to live in faith. Hmm? It's not, we, people think, well, faith is where reason leaves off, that, or it's unreasonable. No, it's where reason leaves off, though. But to reason well about faith, that's what we're doing. That's a good exercise. Hmm? So in Leela, then, Krishna is born from Devaki. Right? But first, there are six uh, other sons that were born, and Kamsa killed them. So they represent these six senses, the sense of taste, touch, smell, sight, hearing, and mind, the sixth sense. These are all material. And by these senses, we're touching the world. And as I said earlier, our identity is being formed based on that. It's a fear-based identity. Hmm? That identity cannot endure. 
So it promotes fear. So there's some fear to our existence. And to overcome the fear, then, we, we, we get the Guru, Balram. Hmm? He's powerful. Hmm? Ram. Balram, who, who has, who Ram takes pleasure in Bal. Bala means strength, in exhibiting great spiritual strength. Guru means heavy. That's a heavy. Hmm? I mean, you're not going to blow in the wind of different ideas and influences and so on and so forth huh? of the world. Hmm? So it's some grounding there. So this is, as Pujapachita Maharaj was explaining, we were reading in the context of talking about Balaram for days. In the morning we were reading about Nitananda Prabhu for a few minutes after Mangalarti. Nitananda described him as the foundation, Guru, the foundation of our spiritual existence. Yeah. So faith, faith in Guru. This is Adhikar, eligibility then for Bhakti. Guru has to hone that faith. Hmm? In such a, he cannot give to the faithless. That will be an offense to the Nam. To hone that faith. When he sees, ah, it is coming, some, some building blocks for Bhakti are conceptually in place, then, then he gives. Hmm? He comes, that means. And Bhakti is then uh, uh, gradually, is, is take, takes place. And when Bhakti takes place, then gradually, uh, then all fear goes away. Because what happens? We get a Chidanandamoy, Deha, Aprakrita Deha. We get a different kind of body. Therefore, you use it in a different way. Hmm? You use your sense of sight to see the deity of Krishna, to read the book about Krishna, your sense of ear to hear the kirtan, your tongue to do harikata, to explain to others about Krishna. Hmm? Now you, you're going to be decorated with the, with the ornaments of the, of the Tulsi, Vaishnava Shakti, and the Tulsi, Hantimala, hmm? and, the, and the Pundaram, the Tilakam, hmm? Identif- with identifying the, in, in different places, 12 places, that the energy of, of uh, 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 the Shakti of Bhagwan, protecting the body, nourishing, so many different things that Tilak uh, affords. Uh, it's, uh, it's part of the, the, the decorations, if you will, of the Sadaka Deha. Then this body is a different body, you see, and it starts to, it's, it's now, we, we, we take the food offered to Krishna. Hmm? That's a different kind of food. If we don't have that opportunity, we're in, you know, in Western society, for example, in the workplace or something like that, then we take the food and we think, I'll take this food, and from this food I'll use the energy only for th- serving and thinking about Krishna. Whatever I earn for the rest of the day after lunch, I'll give to Krishna, something like that. <laughs> I think I'll get, this, will, this will free you from karma, but if you take prasad, then it will free you from karma and give you bhakti also. So anyway, we, we start to engage the body differently. There are parameters in which we live. Hmm? Huh? That body, those senses in the mind are the way we build a, an identity, a fearful identity. Hmm? So bhakti is coming through guru to, to end that fear. Hmm? Give us a new life, a new body. So Devaki's six sons, they are, they are the, these are the six, five senses in the mind. And Kansa's fear, they were, they were, the basis of that was an existence Fear-based existence. Guru comes to end that. Hmm? This is really, you can have that sticker, no fear here. 
I've got a sadhaka day. It's not like a fully spiritual body. It's not a material body. Somewhere you're in between here. Hmm? Hmm? And as the bhakti becomes mature, then, then we say, akshno phala tadrisham. What is that verse? Akshno phalam tadrisha kattrasanga jiva phalam tadrisha. Oh, it's such a nice verse. That the perfection of the eyes, akshnu palam tadisha, darshanam hi, to have the darshan of the of the of the sadhu of the guru, of the of the sudulava bhagavata hiloke, sudulava bhagavata hiloke. Somebody met a, a a forum of some of Prabhupada's disciples that I was invited on. It's it's quite troublesome, but. So it was making a, making a point. He was saying that he was saying that yes, women can become gurus rarely. Therefore, it is a, the exception to the rule. Rarely they become, can become gurus. Hmm? So I said, actually, there's no rule that women can't become gurus. What happened socially is their situation was such that men would take the role more readily in previous times. Hmm? And unfortunately, many of them were unqualified. Hmm? And unfortunately, many of them now who take the role are also unqualified. And so, guru is rare, I told him. Guru is rare. Hmm? <laughs> that is the teaching. That is the law. Guru is rare. All these I mean, imitation gurus, men, some of them, some of them are not imitation, but there are many of them, and those the imitation ones are the ones that are saying, yes, women maybe, in rare instances. Hmm? I said, the point is, the law is a guru is rare, and wherever we can find such a rare guru, in any form, we run there. Say guru hai. This is Mahaprabhu's teaching. Hmm? Whatever condition, hmm? Hmm? the guru appears in, I'll run to that position. Hmm? Whether he's a big sannyasi or a laborer, he says, Kibabipra Kibanyasi. Shudra Kenenoi. Whether he's uh, uh, by societal standards from a low birth or he's born, you know, with a silver spoon in his mouth, it makes no difference. If he, had, if he knows Krishna, if she knows Krishna, Krishna Tattva, say Guru Hai. That'd be out of my Guru. Mahaprabhu showed this in the Leela also. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, there are relative, social, relative, religious considerations. A, 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 something like this. A Westerner, American should have an American guru. A Pole should have a Polish guru. Hmm? Uh, you know, a woman should have a woman guru. And this is an extension of things in Hari Bhakti Vilas, like a Brahmin should have a, a Brahmin guru in the caste system. A sudra should have a sudra guru. Hmm? These are statements. We extend that. that. The idea is that there may be relative considerations that may be helpful. If I'm culturally from the same origin as you, then we're psychologically similar. It may be easier for me to convey the teaching to you. Like I would see, we'd see properly. He would speak one way and act one way with his Western students, with his Indian students. It would be different. What was that quote from Brahma the other day? Someone probably was given initiation, some Indian students, and... and, and oh, amen. And then somebody said, Prabhupada, you didn't speak about the four rules. Oh, they don't need that. 
<laughs> he said, that's not for them. That's for you. <laughs> so they need it too, but I mean, the, the point where I would see Prabhupada, we, we would have Prabhupada give darshan, and, and, and he was speaking, and some Indian boy would come, and, and so then Prabhupada would say, so you have understood? And he would go, yes, and Prabhupada would go, all right then. And then that boy would show up in the kitchen washing pots. They had like this telep telepathy, you know, <laughs> and, you know, that psychological and cultural, you know, similarities affords. Hmm? Hmm? So that's relative. That's fine. Hmm? But that could be in place. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't know Krishna, if he's not really realized, well, then what's the value? If you have both things, that's great. But one is more important than the other. Find a real guru, man, woman, or child. Hmm? Sukadev was a child only. That's rare. Hmm? <laughs> guru is rare. This is, this, this is the point. Guru is rare. Hmm? Hmm? So, Sudulaba Bhagavata Hiloke means in this world, Sudulaba Bhagavata. This kind of Bhagavata, Mahabhagavata, they're very rare to find. Hmm? We talked about three kinds of Mahabhagavata, any one of them, rare to find. One has got. Two feet there and extends one foot here hmm? for our benefit. One has one, two, one foot here and is already standing with the other foot there. Just has one more leg to go. Other ones have got both feet here, but eyes are fixed there. Hmm? Find some Mahabhagavat like this. Sudulava Bhagavata Hilokesu. And this person, who the body has become, uh, faith is such. Hmm? Faith means experience is such that their whole life is spiritual. So the, to see that person, the vice versa says, Akshnofalam he to see that person. This is the perfection of the eyes. To touch that person hmm? in Sangha, have Sangha with that person, I mean, that is the perfection of touch, of Sangha. Uh, to Jivafalam, hmm? To speak about, to use the tongue to speak about that kind of a person. This is the perfection of the tongue. So therefore disciples should regard the guru and think, to touch the guru, to speak about the guru, to hear about the guru, to see the guru. And that means to, all, to imbibe all that he or she embodies, all the teaching. This is what my life is about. Hmm? This is the perfection of my senses, my eyes, my ears, my tongue, my sense of touch. I thought I would perfect myself by touching this, seeing that, hearing that. It only brought me a fear-based existence of anxiety. Hmm? Now I've seen that the, 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 the form of Sir Krishna's uh, uh, servitor Bhagawan. Served Bhagawan? Servitor Bhagawan. Krishna is the served. Ram is the servitor. He embodies. Hmm? Every atom, atomic particle of Ram's existence, Balaram, serving Krishna. Hmm? Guru means represent, representing this idea. Hmm? Hmm. So from this Guru we get another body. We get, a, we get another birth. This is the Janmastami. Hmm? Hmm. Krishna takes birth. First Bhakti comes, then Krishna taking birth in our, in our heart. So, we should take all these things seriously. And um, now we'll... Stop from our conclude our discussion, and we will go outside. We have a Vaishnav Homa based on Hari Bhakti Vilas, or Vaishnav uh, Diksha, and we'll say something about Nam, also.
And some of you have already received Diksha and Nam. Some of you are receiving that. Some are, are thinking, that might be interesting. Uh, or second, I don't know about that. But So anyway, we ask all of you, whether you're initiated, interested in being initiated, not interested in initiated, fully initiated and fully realized that you please, <laughs> anybody, any, please give, you give some, your blessing to those devotees that have been initiated. Think, may not be for me, but I hope the best for them. Hmm? Or you know, it's for me, I only wish I had gotten it earlier. I give all my hope and, 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 and encouragement and blessing to them hmm, that they may go forward. So you all kind of come with, this is Vaishnavism. Ah, what is it? Kaitava nit nirmat saranam satam. Without any envy, you, you just, uh, we all have some sense of spirituality. You pray, they may, may, may be progress, they may progress. This is their beginning, formal beginning. So, Vaishnavrindaki jai, Panchakalpatarubhyas chakripasindu vebhacha patitanam bhavani Vaishnavibhanamonamaha. So, you see, go Nitinandaki jai, go Bhaktabindaki jai. Cool, free man on the...